Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 340 with a review of The Interview. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Garz Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller. If you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film reviews, film movies coming to a theater near you. <laughs> mm, you know. We're talking about film reviews. Yeah, this week we're going to talk about the slash film <laughs> top 10. Yeah, let's just piggyback off of the other podcast. <laughs> That's <laughs> what the serial serial did. So, right, sometimes exactly. I, I start talking and then my brain goes somewhere else while I'm mid-sentence and then I realize that I've just, I don't know. Anyways, we were right smack dab in the middle of our super omnibus multi-review weekend extravaganza. Ganza, ganza. Yes, we're in it. Hardcore. So far we have reviewed Imitation Game, Wild, and The Hobbit. We are now talking about The Interview. Uh, after this, we'll have a review of Into the Woods and then one of Unbroken. And uh, yes, we are going to forego early episode banter and jump right into the trailer for the interview and then come back and give us a review. You know, people say that actors lie for a living, but this is living a lie. Okay, Rob, when you're ready. Get ready, camera two. Oh, oh, Jesus. Whoa. His head looks like somebody's taint. You barely look different. Thanks, man. Come on. We've been together for a thousand episodes. Congratulations on a thousand hours of being a massive sellout. What do you mean? Welcome to Flavortown, bitches. Keep ruining America. You're the worst. He's peanut butter and jealous. What is there to be jealous of? They hate us because they ain't us. They don't hate us because they ain't us. They hate us because they ain't us. Stop saying that. Hater's gonna hate, and Ainer's gonna ain't. That is not an actual thing people say. Every night, millions of people watch our show. I just want to cover actual news, not Nicki Minaj's vagina flopping out at the Grammys. You don't like that brown sugar? I have nothing to do with brown sugar. Look at this. Kim Jong-un wants to do an interview with Dave Skylark? He's a fan. Look at him. If that ain't a real story, what is? Okay, let's do it. We're going to North Korea! Mr. Rappaport, I'm Agent Lacey with Central Intelligence. You two are going to be in a room alone with Kim. We got the interview! The CIA would love it if you could take him out. Hmm? Take him out. Like for drinks? Like to dinner? Take him out in the town? No, uh, take him out. You want us to kill the leader of North Korea? Yes. Preceding the interview, you will shake Kim's hand with a fatal dose of poison. It is critical that you touch nothing. I think there's a 0% chance of this working. Is it on my ass? I sat on it. You have to secure the payload. What do I do with it? What do I do with it? There are people coming. Where do I hide it? What if you hide it in your butt? I don't want to stick it in my ass. You got to put it in your butt right now. It's a little big. They are closing in on you. <laughs> the package is secure. 
That was the trailer for the interview. It is currently available now on VOD across multiple different platforms. Uh, probably and in some theaters. It. Well, yeah, I mean, mo- for most people, it's not yeah. going to be in theaters. But uh, yeah, go out and rent it because regardless of what the quality of the film is or whether or not you end up liking it, uh, Sony got screwed big time on this one. So it's, you know. Yeah, America. So, Sony do you think the, the net effect now is being screwed big time or do you think the publicity is counteracting that? Well, the publicity is probably counteracting that a bit, but uh, it's still from the standpoint of, yeah. Anyways, let's let's just get into it's the not ask the hard questions. Yeah. yeah, no, no. Carson, you have three minutes starting now. Um, I think that with all the the hoopla that went around this movie, um, I, I was very disappointed when at one point it wasn't going to get released on Christmas Day. But when they said, you know, it's going to get a small release and it's coming on VOD and it went on VOD like the day before at 10 a.m., like right at 10, man, I was on YouTube watching this thing because America. F- yeah. But no, um, I I really enjoyed this movie. I was excited to watch it. Um, obviously, any Seth Rogen, new Seth Rogen comedy I'm going to be excited for. And uh, I thought this one I thought this one delivered. I mean, it's it's hard for them to make a bad comedy in my opinion. Like I, these guys are so funny. And I think that the, uh, the premise of this movie is such a ballsy one and such a different one for a comedy that, uh, it just, it takes their kind of brand in a whole different, you know, in a, in a new direction. And, uh, it's not as, uh, it's not as just like instantly classic, I think is something like this is the end. Um, in terms of, you know, like Seth Rogen's first sort of four-way, foray into <laughs> directing him and Evan Goldberg directing on their own. But I mean, this is a this is a hilarious movie. And James Franco, God bless James Franco, again, giving another coked out performance um, that deserves to sit up there with Alien from Spring Breakers. But uh, Dave Skylark, I, I sat through The Hobbit and was like. This movie could have used so much Dave Skylark. Like, it just really needed that extra, you know, oomph. But uh, it's a really funny movie. And um, I, I, all I can say is that it felt almost like a... Not to the same level, but it felt like a, almost like an Inglorious Bastards. Like, this revisionist take on, like, history almost. I mean, not history, but it's like... <laughs> Present take, day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, taking, like, a real person and, like, you know, doing these fictional things with it like i don't know there was something like just very uh ballsy and it's 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 funny and it's also like there's a lot of really kind of dark stuff in it but they still manage to uh make it very entertaining and very funny i mean i think just james franco's performance alone in this movie i think is worth watching and there's a ton of like really really funny cameos i know there's one cameo in this movie that i'm sure chris really enjoyed (laughs) but uh Anyway, uh, I thought it was really funny, and uh, you should watch it. <laughs> Does it involve somebody owning dogs? Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to think of what you were talking about. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yes. Anyways. So are you good? I'm good, yeah. All right, cool. So let's move on to Steven. Yeah, so I mean, as Carson said, you kind of have to see this movie if only for the fact that, or maybe Chris said it, if only for the fact that the events surrounding it with the Sony hijacking and it not getting released and then it possibly not ever getting released in VOD or any form. It's a big story and it's clearly something that for the sake of freedom of speech is important to watch. Once that 
wore off and it actually came down to knowing I was going to watch it, I started to worry a little bit that it would be another like, you know, mid-level bromance type comedy. Like for me, Seth Rogen being in something does not automatically make me think it'll be wonderful. Like I thought Neighbors certainly wasn't wonderful. It was just, you know, funny. Um, Yeah. and, And I would say for this movie, I was surprised at how genuinely funny it was in many places. Uh, I would say the humor didn't often come from satire about North Korea. Like, it, it wasn't the sharpest satire. I, I, th- I think the the funnier moments were actually satirizing our news networks and our kind of entertainment. Like, yeah. in my mind, some of the bits that happened in the first, like, 20 minutes of the movie had bigger laughs than a lot of the time later when Kim Jong-un comes in and it becomes more of a a little more predictable in the way that it's going to veer. Um with that said, as like a dumb fun movie, a la Pineapple Express or something, then it I, I thought it was a lot of fun. It had some solid laughs. It had a good chemistry between James Franco and Seth Rogen. <laughs> Even though, like Carson said, James Franco is very coked out. Like it, it's really hard to understand what his character is thinking most of the time because <laughs> he's such an exaggerated comic figure. Whenever he does anything, it actually makes me wonder what what is James Franco like when he's acting well like as a normal person because i don't think i've seen it (laughs) he's usually either a stoned guy in freaks and geeks or pineapple express or anything or he's like this over the top kind of self-parody um but regardless it had a lot of big laughs it had a lot of not so big laughs too you know like the physical comedy and things that are going to be shown in the trailer are a little bit like you know you don't really get a whole lot of joy out of that uh, it had some good ones too, like things that were not shown in the trailer, a little gross out humor of what, what Seth Rogen has to do. And, oh, and, and some things that tie it into our last review, actually, of the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings trilogy oh, right. towards the end that elicited some pretty big laughs out of the blue. Like, like this definitely went to some surprisingly, I won't say ballsy because the stakes weren't high for this, but surprisingly out there places, uh, almost always to good results. I think... When it's being safe and just about skewering bro Kim Jong-un, you know, kind of like Team America makes fun of Kim Jong-il and stuff like that. It's like that 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 stuff is OK. I could kind of take it or leave it. it. You know, it had the requisite party scenes and big drinking scenes and all the stuff that is in like every Seth Rogen movie now. Um, but when it actually went out there and decided to be its own unique thing, then I thought it was really funny. It would have been equally funny to me if it didn't be about a real person in a real place i kind of think that that added publicity and shock factor i'm 20 seconds over though so chris <laughs> it's right i probably won't need all the time because you guys have said everything that needs to be said about it pretty much um yeah so obviously uh i was like i was very interested in seeing this film like you know after i saw the first trailer for it um you know, actually, I think the first teaser, I was like, oh, it looks like it could be funny. And then once I saw like a real trailer, I was actually genuinely excited for it. Um, when all the trouble happened, I was like, damn it, if I can't see this movie, the terrorists win. Um, and it was like that kind of attitude. And uh, when it finally came out, I, you know, we talk about on the show all the time how I always rent these things on iTunes. And then I'm always like, I probably should have just paid an extra $4 and bought it. Well, I bought this damn thing on xbox live for like 14 dollars or whatever it was just because i was like screw it i'm gonna give sony money and of course with my luck like four days later it finally popped up on itunes and i could have bought it there for 9.99 um, but uh <laughs> yeah all that being said um, i'm excited that this movie came out because i enjoyed it immensely 
Uh, I had a great time uh, watching it. I thought it was very funny. Um, you know, as you were saying, Stephen, the, the satire isn't um, that crazy, but it is a very, uh, a very biting uh, impression of Kim Jong Un, and I can see why they would be uh, pretty upset about it. Um, but I, it, it's funny because. Obviously, it's it's rated R and there's lots of swearing and stuff, but it's actually I feel like it's very very tame for a uh, you know James Franco Seth Rogen type of film. Uh, it's not like obviously as I said, there's like swearing and stuff and there's there's violence, but it's not like I, I feel like it wasn't as dirty as most of their comedy usually is. Um, mm-hmm. I could just be remembering it, it wrong. It definitely wasn't a like raunchy movie in the sense that like their style normally is to make people be shocked at how filthy and where it went. It, yeah, yeah. Like this it, definitely it felt, wasn't one of those movies. It felt like it was genuinely trying to be situational comedy and like a little bit of slapstick comedy. And I, I really enjoyed that because it was a good, it's, you know, it's a nice change from just like, I'm going to be raunchy as hell. And isn't going to be crazy. Like I'll, I'll make, I'll make like a 14 year old kid say the C word just to like be offensive. Like it's, it was more just like we're gonna do some comedy and have fun and make things more absurd than they are gross. And uh, for that, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I, I'm. That's it. I'll, I'll save my last couple seconds because I don't have a whole lot more to say about it. Now, the main discussion piece is: Do you think after everything that surrounded it, Obama watched this movie? And oh, I'm what sure do you think, he did. What do you think Obama and his family thought of? of you the mean Ob- Obako? <laughs> Obako loves James Flacco or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah James um, Flacco. I, I think when he I was totally watching watched it, it. I was, when I was watching it, I was just thinking about the fact that it's made so many headlines and so many important people have weighed in on like the creative liberty and stuff. I, I like. I wonder if they put their money where their mouth is and actually right. watched this. It's funny yeah, because like, yeah, yeah. I was, I was gonna say, didn't didn't Obama like specifically come out and say that Sony shouldn't have pulled it? Yeah, he yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. talked yeah. about it explicitly. Yeah. I'm sure he watched it. It's funny because like all this attention over, you know, this goofy Seth Rogen comedy. Um, and I think, you know, there is there is a lot of stuff in it where you're like, OK, I can see why they would definitely be upset. But then there's also stuff in it where you're like, like, really? Like, this is the movie, you know, like this is the movie people like or that they were like thought was so controversial, you know, like because a lot of the times it's just James Franco and Seth Rogen talking about like ridiculous stuff and really like they come off being the stupid ones yeah like, i mean it, it kind of reminds me of the like the book of mormon had a big controversy with the mormon church when it came out yeah like rightly so because it was a satire <laughs> it but was then, very damning of them yeah but but still i i still feel even with that if you actually watched the whole movie and got the message out and the places where it gets jokes like it takes pot shots at uh, the Mormon faith, but the overall humor is not like mean spirited about it. Well, right. the, the the song about like I've only listened to the soundtrack. I haven't actually seen the the. Oh, you're missing a lot the of the thing. narrative that makes it uplifting. Then yeah. yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying that the the Joseph Smith song, <laughs> all about like the creation of Mormonism, like yeah, yeah sure. that that's pretty. There's you can't take that any other way but insulting. <laughs> I, I just mean the this movie like that felt like a thing where if you were to actually watch it through, you would have points that you are insulted, but you would not see the whole the whole film as an assault on you. Like right. it, dev- it devolves into silliness quickly enough. Yeah, yeah. I feel you there. And I feel like Stephen. I think James Franco 
I mean, come on, he's given performances in like Milk, 127 Hours. Yeah, okay, you're right. You're right. It's true. But and then also, you know, instead of in, in interviews, Seth Rogen has said that James Franco is not a pot smoker like he is. So he's actually pretending to be high in Pineapple Express and these other stoner movies. So <laughs> according I'll, to him. I'll, I'll give him props. You're right. 127 hours was good. Milk was but, good. I mean, yeah. But I mean, I just think that like his performance in this is so, I mean, it is greatly exaggerated and very over the top. But I mean, the energy and the just the commitment he brings to it is something that really elevates the sort of, you know, the the energy of the movie, I feel. Yeah, I, I think one of the things, too, that they did uh, to, to great effect in the film is um, Kim Jong-un is not, uh, he's, he's not an evil maniac from the beginning of the story. Like, everybody yeah. hates him, but then as soon as James Franco arrives, you're like, hey, this guy's not so bad. He's kind of cool. And, like, you, you actually have fun looking at their interactions between him and James Franco and you kind of feel like this guy isn't so bad and it's not till later in the film where like uh, you know like then you got to start to see more and more of that he's not just this fun loving guy he also has this the things that people say about him are more true than not true um so like I, I like that approach to it to where I could see you know <laughs> people over there in that regime like watching in the beginning be like oh this isn't that bad <laughs> and then like towards the end going like oh we gotta get rid of this crap yeah right, but la- you know any last comments i think we hit them all is, is steven still with us i don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know I'm, I'm still here the only oh, thing okay. i was gonna save for the verdict is that Katy perry's fireworks has been in my head for like a week now <laughs> <laughs> pretty much all right well on that note let us get into our verdicts then carson if you were going to give us a must see recommend with the caveat wait for until pass with the caveat or a must avoid what would you give it uh i would definitely give it a must see i mean it's a it's just a movie that you want to laugh and have a good time and that's exactly what it delivers so steven uh, I'd give it a strong recommend with a caveat. I'd say if it weren't for everything surrounding it, I probably wouldn't be as enthusiastic about the film. Uh, it's a very funny movie in places. Also, some of the humor doesn't quite land. Uh, overall, like you know, really funny movie, and like Chris said, fairly inoffensive. Caveat being, if you're looking for like a sharp satire that earns the freedom of speech battle that went with it you're not going to find that like it it didn't have a message that earned the battle like the battle was kind of incidental to all that uh, yeah. but as a seth rogan comedy it's up there with the best of them to me um i i uh i'm gonna give it a must see um but uh you know it, it's funny the, the fact that it didn't have a message that earned the battle doesn't that make it earn the battle even more because if it actually was peddling a message then it would technically be more offensive than a non-message peddling film and thus deserving more of the battle you Word. just blew my mind <laughs> but anyways that's a very non-boromir thing to say yeah you, yeah you should uh you should check this out and uh, if you can figure out a way to give sony the most money for it i don't know do that it was it was it was funny that i had to rent it on xbox live because at the time it was not available through the playstation network which is where i originally was going to watch it considering sony is playstation um but uh yeah, yeah it was weird how it wasn't anywhere. on there huh yeah it was weird how it wasn't on the playstation network yeah, I mean, well, it makes sense because they were the target of all the yeah. the, the threats and stuff like that. So, like, them rele- releasing it through other channels, those companies wouldn't be as, you know, theoretically 
yeah vulnerable it's like i don't know anyways anywho that is this review of the interview carson if people want to find you throughout the week where can they do that uh practicalcandy.wordpress.com steven uh sdavidmiller.com People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or like us at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW at 760-575-4879. Music for the episode will come from the soundtrack to the interview. That's available. And uh, we are going to take off and uh, head into into the woods. To record the podcast. We will record the podcast in (laughs) the grandmother's house. (laughs) 